This episode is brought to you by Bullet Bar, a no-attitude man's bar where everybody's welcome. Check out Sunday Funday every week and Sing Bitch Karaoke on Monday nights at 9 p.m. Located on Burbank Boulevard in North Hollywood. Welcome to Leather 101. I'm your host, Doug Milliken, Mr. Regiment 2024. Queer Latinos in Los Angeles have often created their own spaces far from the neighborhood of West Hollywood. Influenced by the New York City ballroom scene, the party crews of East LA afforded a new generation of Latinx youth with opportunities to organize and create their own space, and many of those would become the DJs and promoters of the club culture that would follow. Club Tempo in East Hollywood has called itself the original gay cowboy nightclub and boasts frequent vaquero nights. A number of Latin leather and gear parties have sprung up among the bars in Los Angeles over the last decade, including Cachondo, Perverso, and Chupada. Also, nonprofit organizations like LA's Payasos provide a philanthropic and very sex positive service to the Latinx community. In today's episode, we talk to David Bandido Mosquera. He's currently Mr. Cachondo 2024. He is a writer and filmmaker born and raised in Long Beach, California. He works as an HIV prevention services supervisor and assists newly arrived Spanish speakers with finding HIV prevention and care. David is working to build the leather community throughout Latin America, and he was also a producer on a documentary about Latin leather in Los Angeles entitled Encorados. David talks about Cachondo, Resita, ghosts, mariachis, inclusion, Cinema, beach, cruising, H&M, sugar daddies, showing up, encuadrados, claw, gentrification, and unexpected three ways. Let's get started. David, thank you for being here. Of course. Happy I'm- to be here. Drive was nice on the way up here. <laughs> I haven't, this is the farthest uh, into the valley I've been, actually. Oh, really? You've yeah. never gone over the woods to grandmother's house? No. Uh, well, it depends, actually. I went to see friends one time in Reseda. I, I don't, don't know. actually know where that is. And everyone's like, oh, Mr. Sea Friends. I'm like, what is There's that? There's a Mr. Sea Friends? I don't know. Like, isn't there a seaman? Wait, is seaman no, and sea friends think, different? I think they might be different. Okay, what uh, is Sea Friends? Is a bar, right? Is a bar. Everyone's gonna be. They have up a dark me. room. They're um, gonna that say, is Ooh. where Mr. Uh, Cachondo 2023 hosts his event Contra Mundo. Oh. Uh, that was last night. Oh, that was um, at Sea Friends, though, right? It was at Sea Friends. So uh, previously, Perverso used to be there as well. That shit's it, in Reseda. Before it moved over to the Bullet, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Encuadrados. Encuadrados. See, my Spanish is shit. But fine. Is that good? You're fine. All right, great. Um, <laughs> I'll be here to, to, to fix them as you go. You know, I cannot roll my R's. No, that's fine. But I can, I, that was me trying. And uh, I'll tell you, the back R, you know, like the French R, the yeah. I can do that. A, glo- you know? a glottal R? Yeah. I think German and French, you know, I, I'm fine with that shit. But Spanish, Whoa. You're such a smart bitch. So my little icebreaker. Okay. Celestial dinner party. Okay. You get to invite any three guests, living or dead, real or fictional to dinner. Who would they be? And what would you serve? Oh, okay. I thought I've thought about this for a minute because I thought I figured you're probably gonna ask me the same question you asked. <laughs> I, no, I love this question. It's 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 great. Um, but uh, I've always wanted to have dinner with Pedro Infante, Maria Felix, and Emilio Emilio Elindio Fernandez. They're all people from the golden age of Mexican cinema. 
Okay, so you need to explain that. Yes. Like, tell, um, give us some background on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Maria Felix is, has been compared to, in what American Golden Age cinema would be, Joan Crawford. Oh, shit. Is she a total cunt? I would call her a cunt. Okay, like, just, just <laughs> She's a, a, power, badass. a power. She's a badass. Okay, a sorry, badass. sorry, ghost of Joan Crawford. <laughs> She knows she's, she's a cunt. She knows she's a cunt. Uh, but Maria, Maria Felix, I would not say, is a cunt. <laughs> um, and Pedro Infante is, um, guess, the equivalent. Is, well, he was an actor, but he also did singing. So a lot of the most famous like rancheras that we hear, um, mariachi songs that you might hear at a wedding or something like that or at a dinner, uh, he's performed them and, and they're usually covers and he's one of the more famous covers it's fantastic did you ever see that movie coco with an animated version yeah is he sort of like so, somebody that that guy yeah, was so after I, do you want me to do you want me to go into my sure my stick here? i'd love uh, that i dislike the movie coco oh okay tell me <laughs> tell me and i will tell you why uh so coco uh essentially says that when we pass we will also still have to worry about border crossing Oh shit! And that, and it takes that idea of like needing the proper paperwork, needing proper identification, and says that even when you die, what you thought you were worrying about in your life will still have to carry over into. Do death. you really think that that metaphor is? I mean, what I, I think, swear I think, they had it, uh, they had Mexican writers on this movie. Yeah, yeah. You don't think? That, I mean, I, do you I, think that's I what think, they were thinking? I think they were told we wanted to kind of be fun and look like this, and they were like, "Yeah, that sounds great." And the idea might have been like like an airport crossing, but when you put it in the context of Latinidad and specifically what it means to be Latinx and and crossing, right? Shit. Uh, you start to get a little deeper into that layering. Um, but you are not wrong. Um, what's his name? Ernesto de la Cruz. Yes. Yes. Is supposedly based off of Pedro Infante. No. But the Infante family has a very, um, what do you, uh, like, a like a sour taste in their mouth towards the, the perception that they create for him in the film. Because he's sort of a a fake. He's kind of an, yeah. And, Pedro Infante was anything but he may have been a womanizer and kind of a chauvinist machista well but machismo there's a reason yeah. why you know yeah he's from a very specific era of Mexican right. um, and that hasn't necessarily gone away but Pedro Infante does a lot of machistas currently still kind of look to Pedro and say like this is what I want to be like um, well if you look at like you know the first of all bandito is that a reference to like Pew, pew, pew. And I mean, it's it's my, all my nickname. Th- yeah, actually, it's more gayer than that. Oh, gayer! <laughs> I love it. Tell me more. <laughs> so there's a singer Ana Barbara, and she has a song called Bandilo, which is usually played at like queer Latinx nights. It's usually mm-hmm. like what you play when you see like a really hot guy walking down the street, and you just like kind of play it. And my friends, uh, because I wear my cowboy hat, have named me Bandilo. But I also use the Ana Barbara song to kind of be like a theme song uh, mm-hmm. just because it's fun to sing and fun to dance too. That's fabulous. Yeah. Not saying I'm hot. Or I, I think I led that You've seen pictures of yourself, right? <laughs> you, you know, I am, I'm very modest. Well, <laughs> I'm just going to say we did a, we did a photo shoot for the fight magazine yesterday mm-hmm. for the Los Angeles leather competition. And so all of the contestants were prancing around in our jocks and you looked as good as anybody there and i'm just gonna say if there had been like i don't know some sexy magazine shoot going on next door they probably would have pulled you aside and be like bitch we need (laughs) some more pictures i used to do some underwear modeling in my youth no one would have ever guessed (laughs) Uh, fyi there was no fluffer on set no i had to myself 
I, I was watching that. Um, I to, anyway. Uh, yeah, I had to fluff myself for a minute. It didn't, it didn't last very long because once I lose focus, they pulled me to do some like filming and I was like, yeah. oh, I, it's gone. I, I trust was, me. I was I trying understand. to just do it, take the photos yeah. and bounce out, but it did not, did not happen. Well, for the, for the, you know, the harness jock pictures, I was totally playing with my nipples the whole time beforehand you just because I love hard you, nipples. You also and, have to get yourself into a mindset yeah. to be that vulnerable and feel sexy in that vulnerability. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing about, you know, jock competition, you know, mm-hmm. in these leather competitions is it's not really what you look like even though we all know it is it's it's i dare say 85 percent of it is what do you think you look like you know yeah, like I've how always, much confidence i enjoy seeing a person in their skivvies <laughs> oh trust trust and believe uh, it's it's definitely the way they carry themselves because mm-hmm. i've seen some men that are in a jock and i'm like well i can tell that they're not going to be a good time Oh yeah. Like it's like when guys are dancing. It's like yeah. why you're not you're a you don't look like the type of person that's gonna enjoy me coming up to say hello to you. Just mm-hmm. saying for just for the sake of saying hello. Sure. Um but that other guy over there looks like mm-hmm. he'll enjoy me just going up to be like nice to him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well I I will tell you that I, I think I mentioned this to somebody yesterday during the shoot. The boots that I was wearing yesterday during the jock thing mm-hmm. made me feel so sexy. And it's just those fucking boots. Like I could be wearing a trash bag and if i'm wearing you those were, boots you were telling me yeah. was it you yeah, i was telling yeah, 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 yeah. I, but i mean it and it's not that i don't have other boots but those boots make me feel like a bitch yeah and so uh i wear those anytime i want to feel sexy and i hope it works but anyway okay now let's go back to your okay. dinner party you've got these two now who's the number three uh, my number three is emilio elindio fernandez he's a director of mexican cinema He's done some pretty amazing work. In I love field. that. Yeah. So you want to have all these people here to have the conversations. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I went to film school. I went to the Steven Spielberg School of Narrative Film in Long Beach, Cal State Long Beach. Fabulous. Go Beach. Um, and my focus, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Was it, it wasn't like queer cinema, was it? No, it's not actually. Uh, I mean, I- You focused I, in porn? <laughs> I do not. Wait, now. is that a thing? What? Can you like? Can Focus you major in porn? In porn? No. Oh, okay. uh, the narrative film world and the porn world do not mix. Oh, yeah, sad. They, you, so get... they obviously haven't seen my Mr. Regiment video. Anyway, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. It was very well produced. Oh, I really you. enjoyed it. I was like, wow, the the budget on this must have. Did been. you like the shots? I did. Yeah. I enjoyed everything. Yeah, All... it was really good. And the budget was well. The budget was the location and the cop car, and that's yeah. It. But you used a really nice camera, I'm assuming. iPhone 14, oh, bitch. Wow. Seriously, iPhone. it's like, amazing. Cinematic like mode. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, now that was a 5s, so that's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. If if they had shot that with, let's say, today's iPhones, I dare say most people would say, "I thought that was a film camera," and yeah. you know, yeah, with I the filters. Have, I would have thought you used a like a Canon or a, a Nikon or something. Well, like I will really tell nice. Tim cook that. I'm sure he yeah. will appreciate that. But honestly, yeah. thank you. It was, it was so much fun. And, and cinematic mode is, is the best. You can, you can edit the um, perspective yes, and everything you get an after post on that. Yep. It's pretty great. Beautiful. Okay. Back um, to you. So I, my focus in cinema is the history of the globalization of Mexican cinema during the golden age, which was world war two America. Ooh. Yeah. Do with that what you will. I see you paused. Uh, no, no, no. Hey, hey, <laughs> but no, my... that's that's why Pedro Infante, Maria Felix, and Emilio are there because uh, that's my specialization in film. No, I love it. Yeah. Again, my my master's thesis was like fucking twelfth and thirteenth century French chansons yes, about Robin you, Hood. I guess that's how you got into Renfair work, right? Well, yeah, like uh, medieval and Renaissance music came out of my my master's and PhD studies, and. Um, I mean, yeah, that's, that's for another episode with, <laughs> with me on the other side, but, uh, but no, so I understand like 
diving deep to find something that that no one else necessarily cares about but when you find somebody that does you'll talk for fucking ever about the things that make you tick um it's been really interesting because my partner is peruvian Mm -hmm. um and we obviously have very he grew up in peru and we have very different lived experiences me growing up here and him growing up there but where we do connect is a media film music Mm -hmm. because mexican music and film uh essentially was globalized to most of latin america if not globally before everyone else so I have a lot of frames of references for him, and he understands where I'm coming from, which is pretty cool. That's fantastic. Okay, so speaking of childhoods, let's look at you. Now, yeah. you were born and raised in Long Beach, correct? Mm-hmm. Born and raised. What was that like? Um, I love Long Beach. I don't. I can't say I don't see myself ever living anywhere else. But Reseda. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna move to Reseda. <laughs> You've been there. It's just like it felt like it was just one big main street. It's, I always think of like um, Ralph Macchio and like the the Karate Kid. Is he from Reseda? He was living in Reseda. And oh, okay. It was obviously apparently not a great place to live back when they filmed that movie, and so much has changed. I mean, it looked nice. It looked. Artsy. I think they were still like pointing their fingers down at it, uh, but a yeah. lot of but a lot of movies of that age are filmed like we're from the valley, <laughs> right? Like, okay, I'm just gonna say this. I in listening to you know episodes that have already come out i know i am a valley girl <laughs> and I, I i don't know if it's from the 80s and the movies or if it's from living in the fucking valley for the last you 10 years accent. but totally i, can, I think I i'm mean, a fucking valley girl now knowing that you live here i do like, oh that's that makes sense <laughs> did you that's hear sense. it yeah i did i did beforehand <laughs> okay um but yeah so i grew up in long beach i was pretty much kind of for the first couple years of my life raised by my grandma uh, which is where my love for Mexican cinema comes from, because she and I would watch a lot of Mexican cinema together. Mm-hmm. A lot of Pedro Infante, a lot of Javier Solis, Maria Felix, e- everyone and everything. Which is why I actually wear my botinas. Uh, these are botina, uh, botinas charros. So these mm-hmm. are what a charro would wear, uh, mm-hmm. or a mariachi or someone like that. Uh, when I was growing up, she wanted me to be a mariachi. She wanted me to go on TV and Ooh. sing. Well, so would you have been the singer or one of the musicians? Uh, I can't sing unless I get a couple drinks in me. <laughs> so Th- I did guess they I- do mariachi? Oh wait, oh this is the thing. I bet. Okay, we live in the valley. Yeah. Business opportunity. Mariachi band, karaoke. Mariachi band karaoke. Yes, like, like you, you bring mariachi your mariachi there. band and you become ever, the singer. Have you ever just been to a Mexican party? Oh, is that what happened? <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. You know what? Across the street, in the corner, they have one every fucking weekend. Well, I was really, I, I opened my door and I was like, ooh, the valley. And I was like, ooh, a suburb of the valley. This is interesting. No, seriously. But uh, uh, Fuerza Regida greeted me, which was a song that they were listening to out there. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm I'm home. I'm okay. Seriously. I'm right here. <laughs> I mean, it is such a beautiful place, but it, it is the place. Yeah, like, the valley's nice. Um, I have a couple of friends that live out here. I also have a friend that runs a HIV prevention, just kind of LGBTQ resource center out here, Somos Familia del Valle, with Kevin Alperez. And that's in the valley? Mm-hmm. What not, part of it I, is I, it from? I'm not super sure where exactly it is, because they kind of cover a lot of mm-hmm. area. Um, but they host... San Fernando Valley Pride Mm -hmm. in the summer. Um, So wherever that takes place is where they are. Very cool. Which is probably like just north of Burbank, I think. I I think it's in the city of North Hollywood. I see. Yeah, Yeah, North Hollywood, like this is technically North Hills and it's it's, not quite Burbank adjacent, Panorama City adjacent, Mm -hmm. all of that. But I think the valley is this big big monster that, you know, it just depends on are you on the tail or are you in the claw or like on the nose of the valley. And um, it's pretty easy to get anywhere else in LA from here. But yeah, so 
when you were watching all these movies with your grandmother, were you like, mm, he looks hot? Like, I, at what point were so you moving in that direction? At what point was I moving to men are hot? Um, you know what? Six? I think, <laughs> no. Um, actually, my first boy crush, I was in the second grade, so I would have been about seven years old. Seven? Yeah, and it was my best friend. Oh, uh, what was his name? His name was Joshua. Oh. Yeah, he's... Okay, describe Yashua. By the um, way, this is not kitty porn because he was also the same age. Thank you, listeners. <laughs> no, no. He, he, he was like me. I'm a very quiet person, kind of keep to myself. And I think that's why he and I were best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a little bit more feminine than I was. And I mm-hmm. think I was attracted to his femininity. I, in case you can hear my voice, I don't ring femme. <laughs> No, not at all. Yeah, I, actually, I, I, no. I, I, he's David is extremely butch. Like I had to like check my uh, my heels at the door. No, <laughs> um, I have my moments where I queen out, but for the most for the <laughs> most part, I'm pretty I'm pretty stoic. Pretty yes, like, yeah, pretty this. It it fits you though. Thanks. I mean, it really does. Thanks. I mean, I would love to be more femme. I've always thought like, oh, fuck, I wish I could be like just some rhinestones queen. on your cowboy hat. That's all it's gonna take, you know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe um but no so he was like me and i think that's what attracted me to him was just that we we bonded so well and obviously i think at that age right you start to kind of just okay i like this person as mm-hmm. a person yeah but do i is it also romantic looking back it could have just been like oh we were just really good friends but right i think that was also my body telling me like hey think about this a little bit more well i think if you investigate like the platonic relationship which does not have to be just men, even though, mm-hmm. of course, the, the Greeks would have been like, yeah, this is only about men. I think it's just loving another soul. And yeah. then the body doesn't get in the way when it's same sex. If you're you know, a gay or bi person, I think it gets in the way a lot in straight people. You know, yeah. They're like, oh, I can't like him because he's a him. Yeah, I would say the way my friendships exist in queerness are definitely different than the way uh, my parents' friendships exist in their, in their heteroness. Did you have an easy time coming out to your parents? Uh, I did not. My mom took it really hard. She was needing to figure herself out, I think. Yeah. It pushed me out of the house. In I lived away for a while, and I've moved back since. I've moved out and moved back, moved out, moved out, type mm-hmm. thing. So I'm currently living with my parents now. Things are cool. I mean, I'm queer. My brother is queer. Uh, my bro- I have a bisexual brother. Oh, wow. Yeah. Near um, the same age? He is three years younger than me, so yeah. Wow. Yeah, we went to the Eagle together. He's not necessarily a leather man. He's a bear, so he's really into bear scenes. Oh, so he's um, chubby. Yeah, he's a little chubby. Hello. Is he <laughs> is he also the same stature as you? Uh, he's a, he's the taller of me and my sister. Oh, nice. Yeah, so so there are three of you me. then. Yes, yes, uh-huh. I'm the oldest. So yeah, I take my little brother out. He goes to catch on the with me pretty much monthly, and we've learned that our circles uh, are starting to get pretty close. So. Oh, so he's like a go-go bear now. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say he's a go-go bear. Okay, yeah, yeah, not no, yet. Not yet. That'll uh, be next year. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I'm sure he'd be interested if he, if someone like reached out, he'd do but it. But that's really cool that you have that that sort of inner support in your family, even if it's amongst your siblings. Yeah, uh, my brother and I's relationship has grown uh, quite a bit. At first, we were like, I don't want to see you out there. You don't want to see me out there because I'm a slut. <laughs> <laughs> and the last thing I want is my brother to see me being slutty. But I think me moving out at one point kind of allowed him to to kind of miss me, I guess. Right. Um, so then when we started, when I came back and we started going out together, he, he and I have really grown into our queerness. Oh, that's beautiful. It really is. So what got you on the road to leather? You knew from a young age that you liked as, as you yeah. know, the polite term is dick, but, but what got you into, you know, all of this cowhide? 
Yeah, there's probably a couple of things. I've thought about this question a lot because everyone asks it during any interview that you do for leather stuff. And even when you're just at the bar, it's like, what, what, what? Explain this to me. And I'm like, all right, uh-huh. let me explain this look to you. Originally, I remember watching Cruising at 18. Uh, That's Al Pacino, right? Yeah, Al Pacino Cruising. Yes. Uh, it was like pff, maybe 1 or 2 a.m. And Of course it was. Yeah. And I remember watching it and I was just like, oh, an Al Pacino film. I fucking love an, a mobster Al Pacino Did film. Did you know what it was about before no, you started well, watching? The description on Showtime was just like, Al Pacino goes into gay bars as a cop. And I was like... Well, oh, you thought he was going to be like raiding the bars and yeah, shit? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was like, okay, he's a cop. A Paul Servino's in it. I fucking love Goodfellas. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm going to love this movie. And then I caught it kind of about 30 minutes in. So he's already in his leather uh, kind of going into these spaces. And I was like, oh, shit. This is... <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Like being 18 and gay and going just kind of out, you kind of get this idea of like this world exists. Uh, it's not usually where people start. So I ended up discovering it that way. But I remember sitting there and thinking like, I was watching in the family room and my parents' bedroom connects to the family room. So it was at the lowest volume that could have possibly been. <laughs> my dad, I think, came out like at one point. I was like, oop, got to change that channel. Always. Um, and yeah, so then I just fell in love with the imagery and it kind of was embedded in me. But I didn't start going to leather bars until I was ooh, 23. 23. So now, five years later. As a, as a young gay going to the leather bars... And obviously, were you you were sporting your cowboy boots, right? No, no. So this when is I, before boots. The, yeah, this is before everything. So when I showed up to my first leather event, it was the Eagle Five Six Two competition where Yoshi won, and it was the Eagle Five Six Two because I live in Long Beach. I didn't know I was going. Actually, I knew it was going to be the Mister Eagle Five Six Two. I show up in a brown H and M leather jacket, so the cheapest thing that could have possibly existed. No, <laughs> fucking H and M. Sorry, yeah, RuPaul. Yeah. So I show up in an H and M jacket, and I had just splurged together enough cash to buy my first mirror cap. Um, oh. So I was wearing a black mirror cap and nice. this cheap ass H and M leather jacket, and I'm sitting. You were trying. I was though. trying. I I just was like, this is the look, right? Like this. It was a. It was a a biker jacket, or it was supposed to look like a riding jacket. Sure. So, you know, I was like, this is the aesthetic, right? Like, Note to the listener, brown leather (laughs) used to be called just leather. Just letting you know, Mm -hmm. not everything was, you don't have black cows out there. Well, I guess you do, but (laughs) that shit's died. Yeah, yeah, it's all died. Anyway. Um, So I go to the Eagle Flags 2, I'm sitting in the corner just having a beer, I'm alone, and these guys from Bluff walk over to me, and they just chat me up. They ask, like, you know, what brought me here? They tell me, you know, would you ever be interested in going up there? And I was like, this is day one, babe. (laughs) First day at the bar. And the only, and the first, when I was like, you know, I don't see why not. Like, maybe one day. But it was, actually, I said that to be nice. Because I was like, I'm keeping, I'm just going to keep this conversation going. And uh, the first, the first thing they said was, then lose the jacket. <laughs> oh, wow. But you know what? They were like, just just fix it because you're wearing brown and wow. a black mirror. Like, you got to yeah. you gotta match this up. I, I, I dare say that they must have really already smelled, you know, what, what you were cooking because I think if they hadn't thought this guy's going to end up on stage or as one of us, they probably wouldn't have spent two seconds talking to you about and, that. And we spent the entire day speaking um and you know they mentioned like well if you ever need leather like this gentleman over here was roughly about your size a couple years ago i think he has you know some stuff lying around if you ever wanted and i kind of i just went like yeah okay sure and i didn't take much into it fast forward what that was 2017 so what another four years before i start building up more leather 
And then I ran into them as I was running for Mr. Gachon, though, and I was like, oh, shit, like, hey, look at, look at me now. And they're like, yeah, look at, look at you now. <laughs> so that's been really nice. But since thinking about that question about when did I first get into leather, I can also go back even further and remembering watching Batman Returns. And Ooh. seeing Michelle Pfeiffer. Was that her. the one where the nipples were in the suit? No, that would that was be, after. Yeah, that would be after. Okay. So this was Michael Keaton, Michelle Pfeiffer, Danny DeVito as the Penguin. So Michelle Pfeiffer is Catwoman. Oh, so it was the Catwoman. It was a Catwoman suit. Also, I mean Batman even sure. then, right? Like, well, the idea any man Batman, in all yeah. black in either rubber, latex, mm-hmm. anything that. If anything, leather is a superhero costume to me, and I, I have agree. felt that every time I put it on. Bandido is a whole different personality than the person that I am, you know, day to day. Um, so when you're in leather, you're bandido. When I'm in leather, I'm bandido. Oh, yeah, I love that. In fact, I, my um my closet, I have this this sort of a wardrobe, has these giant doors that open, mm-hmm. and you know I have my suits in the top, but in the bottom, the drawers that pull out, and they're like you know four foot wide drawers. Thank you, IKEA, and uh, <laughs> it's all lit, you know. So I want to open it. It is to me, it's my fucking bad cave. And yeah. I open it, I pull out these drawers. I've got a drawer for with pants, and then the next one has these yeah. glasses and yeah, the, the you, gloves uh, and everything. I would think back to like Batman the Animated Series because that's how his bat cave was. Like he would open a drawer and it was just gloves, and the next drawer was yes. just utility belt and yes. like a couple batarangs. So yeah, no, that's exactly what that is. Um, but no, yeah, I'm not, I'm not bandido out of leather. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that actually. Uh, I actually tell people like the moment I become Mr. Cachondo or the moment I become bandido is when I shave my face. Like, oh. When I go into the ritual of getting rid mustache of, mode. Yeah, like just go into full mustache. Okay. So normally you just have like a sort of a scruffy beard. Yeah, I have a little bit of a scruffy beard and then the mustache stays at its length. Um, it's funny. I don't think I've ever actually seen you in the wild without just mustache. So that means I've only ever seen you. As, yeah yeah um yeah so this look even came at one point it was all beard i just had a straight covered uh-huh. beard kind of like you like brittle uniform um but then i thought well wouldn't it be nice if i just like trimmed down just the beard and left the mustache and i re- always wanted that and then one two about two years ago a friend of mine threw an 80s themed party and he was like everyone has to come as an 80s person uh-huh um, and, I, and they were having a Queen cover band, so I was like, I'm going as Freddie Oh Mercury. my God, you did Freddie Mercury! I went as Freddie, I went as his Live Aid. Yes. Um, oh, with the white t-shirt and the blue... Oh. Yeah, I was... Everyone loved me. It was beautiful. Of um, course. And from that moment, I had the mustache, and I was like... It, it, it took me a while to encourage myself, like, I could look good with just a mustache. So Seriously. I was like, you know what? I'll do it for this night. It's a costume party. If I look awful, it's a costume party, <laughs> right? Like, who's gonna care? Yeah, if you're, yeah like, it's a I costume. did it for Halloween. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um... So then I just kept it from there. And now this personality has grown. That's fantastic. So after you sort of were introduced to the bluffers Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, you come out and you start hanging out in Leatherland, um, have you had any mentors or any folks that really helped you along the way? My handler is Louis Ranrod. Um, I used to see him around Long Beach a lot and always just kind of admired his, like his presence. And then he reached out to me to actually run for Mr. Long Beach, which mm-hmm. was supposed to come back, but didn't. Has it not since Corona? Mm-mm, not yet. So I had been gearing up to run for Mr. Long Beach in August instead of running for Mr. Cachondo. And it was like a game day call when Leo Iriarte came to me and was like, hey, I'm interested 
or actually he didn't come up to me. Someone else came up to me and said, Leo's going to come and ask you like, shout out to Leo. Yeah. Uh, be ready for it. And I was like, okay, I'm ready for it. But when they told me that he had posted that day that he was looking for cachondo. So I just reached out to him first and said, I want to do this because I didn't think Mr. Long Beach was coming. And being cachondo means I represent my Latinidad a little bit more. Not that I wouldn't have as Mr. Long Beach, but being a part of a title that is Latinx has a little bit more of a significance to me, I would say. I love that. Um, so yeah, I love Leo. Um, I love Francisco Perales. He's really cool. Um, I've definitely met a lot more people now that I'm a title holder that I'm like, oh, wow, like I admire you. I would say before I was just kind of watching uh, from the sidelines. I think there's a lot of that. It's, And I was talking to um, Jay, Jay Carter, and Jay was saying that people said, oh, you're new here, aren't you? And Jay replied, no, bitch. I but I mean, well, you Jay are. was actually nicer about that. But Jay, Jay intimated, we've been here a long time. Yeah. It's just you never saw us. Yeah, and I think that that's the way a lot of people that that end up on stage feel is yeah. because they have been in the community a long time. It's just the spotlight was not necessarily on them. Yeah, are you, you want me to go into? Well, how about we take a break first, okay. and then we're gonna <laughs> then we're gonna, we take a break, and then we're gonna talk about uh, the Cachando contest and more tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have some tea right now that you brought. Love the tea. To, All right, we'll hold still. the tea and back right. in a minute. This episode is brought to you by Bullet Bar, a no attitude man's bar where everybody's welcome. Looking for leather, fetish, jeans? Bullet Bar has the largest patio in the valley and is open seven days a week, 365 days a year, noon to 2 a.m. with the longest happy hour in Los Angeles. Visit bulletbarla.com to check out the calendar for more information on all upcoming special events. The Bullet Bar, where men meet. In whatever order you want, I want tea and tell me about the Cachando contest we'll, we'll start with tea yes um, tea because <laughs> i that's where my mind is right now um so uh i started going mainly to uh cachondo um at the time it was perverso that those are the events that i started going to and i would go to mm-hmm. those in my leather so the people that saw me in my leather were people that went to those so when yeah when you talk about jay saying like oh you're you're new here or people telling them that they're new here uh people also told me that but it was like no i've existed and i've been a pretty prominent figure in Latino spaces. Mm-hmm. People knew me because I was the person that wore my cowboy hat at these Latino events. Like, Or um, I was the one person that maybe showed up from like head to toe in leather, mm-hmm. whereas everyone else just kind of came in like their club look. Right. Um, so yeah, I've, I've existed in Latino leather for a minute. Um, so I always think that that's really interesting. If And not to be shady to a lot of people, <clears throat> but yes, like, please. if people came to these Latinx events, they would see the folks that either have an interest in leather or have already started building themselves, sure. but are too intimidated by the traditional leather spaces. So yeah, that's that's where I'm at in that. Um, another T, uh, somebody who told me I was new here recently <laughs> ran for a competition, but they didn't tell me like, oh, you're new here. They said like, well, it's so interesting that they gave you a title considering you've never really been around. Oh, <laughs> and this is somebody that's recently just run. Yeah. Uh, they didn't win. <laughs> T. <laughs> but but they said it to me in front of in front of my best friend, who if, wow. but I don't know if you've ever seen him, the really tall white guy I'm always with. Um, he comes around. You're gonna have to introduce. Yeah, me. he'll be. Yeah. I 
tonight. Well, he be there tonight. Yeah, he usually goes with me to competitions because I don't do well in social situations alone. Oh, well, <laughs> <I need> remember, <laughs> I'm always there. Yeah, <laughs> and I definitely am taller, and um, I can shield you from those piercing yeah, yeah, glances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, FYI, for those listening, we are going tonight to um, Mr. SoCal. Leather. Yes, so you'll be hearing this a little bit later, but. Yeah, we, this will this will air you'll, like you'll know the who following won. week. <laughs> yes, we'll tell you not who won. <laughs> but yeah, so I usually go with him, and he said it. Uh, the guy said it in front of me and him, and my friend just kind of like, almost kind of like grabbed my arm because I <laughs> maybe short what, to like I, keep you from yes. like attacking him. <laughs> because uh, it, he always says, if there's one thing you know how to do, David, is you're not going to fight somebody, but you know how to make somebody feel smaller. And I'm five four, uh-huh. so to be smaller than five four. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I could, I would have probably said some really awful things that wouldn't wow. have been lies yeah they would have all been the truth well i think (laughs) you know from my conversations with jay about this it it is what it is like if people don't see you you still have to i'm I'm putting lots of people's words into my mouth you know to say what i'm saying you still have to do the work you still have to show up you still have to do what you wanted to do whether they see you Mm -hmm. or not and i think if there's one thing i've learned in only the three months i've spent so far as mr regiment god doesn't it feel like a fucking year it's been forever it seems like it's taken forever (laughs) um, but I would have thought it's more than three months for you. I know. Well, I was the end of October. So okay. November, December, January. It's just wow. literally like three and a half months. All right. I know, doesn't it seem yeah. like forever? But but I think there's value to that because if if you think it's been longer, as do I, then that means that when I did show up, you're like, oh, well, he looks like he's supposed to be here. And I think that's the whole yeah, point. I, I saw you around is that before when you people get on the stage they've been standing next to the stage for a very long time and often in the background and Mm -hmm. honestly i don't mind being in the background i fucking love the stage too but i just want to get shit done and i want to make this a better community and a bigger community and honestly it's for all of us it's not just for me yeah i feel that i feel that absolutely it's it's for all of us and not just seriously me i don't think there i really have not met many people that it's all for them and they're pretty easy to spot yeah I've been to quite a few competitions now since winning Gachonlo. And even before, I would go to the competitions just to check them out every so often. And I have seen folks walk on stage who didn't necessarily come to the bars very often and just kind of said, like, I'll do this. And mm-hmm. then the personality is like, well, I thought I would run. Like, yeah. And you get that very quickly. Yeah. Um, and you'll get that from people also there at the competitions that say, like, oh, I could, I could do that, right? <laughs> like, and it's like, well, then do it. Then do it, bitch. Yeah, you're you're here obviously you knew this was happening yeah you could have been up there as well and and there are also people like a friend of mine um who's been in the community for a very long time said to me the other day well i really don't have any idea what you guys go through even though i've been sort of behind the scenes for many years Mm -hmm. and he's actually been a mover and shaker in a lot of la leather for a long time but he knows he would never want to get on stage yeah but that bitch has been working hard for many years oh yeah so he doesn't for him he doesn't need to and it's just maybe it's not part of his personality also absolutely um so there are the people that do like a little limelight and they also love to sort of glad hand and and Mm -hmm. be part of the crowd and i think we are part of that. Yeah. And then they're the people that don't necessarily feel that that's their strong point. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of, I would say mentors that I've now picked up that are folks that are always said, like, I don't think I would ever run, but I could help you mold who you are. And those are, I would say those are really good for like my, my present skills. Cause they're like, I don't know what you're going through event after event, but I know what you'll go through when you come up and talk to somebody at this table. Mm -hmm. Cause yes, they go, they're, they're those personalities that are always at these events that people know and people 
find them friendly, find them, you know, just very amusing to be around. Yes. So that's where you pick up. I mm-hmm. would. That's where I pick up those skills. I would say. Okay. Um, so tell me about cachondo. Yeah, I'll tell you about cachondo. Um, how did where, where do you where where do you want to start? What's well, what the, was the process like for you? I mean, we've talked about sort of like how we got into this, but like, what was the experience of running and winning like for you? Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, my friends would tell you that I was a mess. Uh, not, I don't give, I don't think I give myself enough credit for the effort I've put into building myself over the seven years since, or the 10 years now since I watched cruising. Right. Uh-huh. I, and I, I would say I get, I don't do that for a lot of things. So not just leather. It's just, that's just my personality. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, need, I don't deserve that or whatever. Aww. Um, but the week leading up, or two weeks leading up to Kachondo, I had already had this idea in my head. Okay, formals, jock, uh, bar look. I can do that easy. No problem, no problem, no problem. They switched it up on me. They sent me an email, like, these are the categories, like a week and a half before. So I had all my looks set up. And they were like, the categories are now formal, bar, and then dungeon wear. Dungeon? Yeah. So in my mind, I was like, fuck. Okay, <laughs> what do I, what, what does that even mean? And they're Is like- that like candle wax on the nipples and like, so the description just said what you would wear to a sex party. And I was like, well, okay. I don't wear anything at a sex party. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't go up there, dick out. Um, so I was like, okay, I guess they don't want to see me in a jock. They want to see more creativity. Uh-huh. Um, and in my mind, I, had, I won't tell you what they were, but I had these three looks set up for the event that I had previously thought was going to happen. So I went to Adrian and it was like a week before the competition. Uh-huh. And I said, babe, I really need something for this this look, and I'm thinking shorts. And he was like, okay, for me, being tiny, they have to be custom. I can't just go and, and buy something off the rack. So I had, Adrian was lovely enough to make me, fit me for twice and do a custom pair of shorts in like four days. That's me. amazing. Yeah. God, we love him so And much. he was a judge for the Oh, shit. <laughs> so, Extra yeah. point? Yeah, kind of. He told me like, <laughs> he was like, whatever, I, I'm giving you these shorts and they look really good on you, but obviously whatever you choose to do with them after is is what's going to help you win. Right. So I, bar- I got the shorts and I borrowed suspenders from Louis Ramrod and I just kind of, the way I wore them yesterday for the photo shoot. Oh, like, sort of, kind of open everything hanging yeah, out? Yeah. Let everything hang out. And that I think was just, it was last minute. And it was like that look that I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it. Uh-huh. But it's a very it, sexy look, by the way. It's one of my favorites. That it, it's become one of my favorite looks. You just um, walk around like, oh, the zipper's broken, bitch. It's all <laughs> they un- they unbuckle very, and they're so tight. <laughs> that their button snaps. And they just kind of like, they just do their own thing. No fluffer required. No fluffer required. Um, they do need to be cleaned very often, though. <laughs> Whore. I do love that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's um, funny. Yesterday, somebody had on their, it was... Um, it's Harwick. He had on his chaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was outside smoking or whatever he was doing. And um, there was a, yeah. Yeah, there's something it. on his chaps. And I'm like, oh, I think you have, a, is that a scratch? He's like, no, come. Yep. I saw it before Poor. he went out to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't want to say anything. I was like, he'll, he'll notice it. And of course. It off, or somebody else will tell Someone him. Someone will just lick it off. Yeah. Angel. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, but no, yeah. Uh, Cachondo was really fun. Uh, it was me and one other person. So it was a two man show. I was super nervous. I'm a big beer drinker all the time. And for the Cachondo event, they were like, you have free range to just do as you please. Like, we're uh-huh. not going to hold that against you type thing. Like, how nice. do you come up? But I only ended up having like half a beer, 
even though I had three bottles. Well, like, nerves, right? Kept bringing, yeah, and also I didn't have a whole lot of time sure. to drink uh, between sets because I not only had to do my looks, but during the breaks, there was also a fundraising portion. Okay. So I had to go around. Was that counted towards, towards your... Yes. Okay. So I had to... Uh, it was worth two categories of points, essentially. What? Yes. Shit. So the other guy I was running against who had made a comment like, oh, my sugar daddy's coming and he's got a bunch of his friends coming. So I was like... How the fuck? How are you gonna? Oh like, no! How am I going to pull off three looks and hope for perfect scores in these three looks? And then this person who may do perfect scores or may not will then do two categories of perfect scores just on fundraising. Right. I was like, what the fuck am I gonna do? Um. So I started kind of just like at my friends were asking folks to like Venmo cash uh, if they didn't Aww. have cash on them. Uh, and when they did that, my friend would go run to the ATM and pull it out, like oh, from shit. people at the bar. Like that's fantastic. Like, oh, I don't have any cash to give you. I'm sorry. So it was like Venmo this person. They'll get the cash, and you'll help me essentially. I love so that's that. how I did it. Um, we just had to figure out a way, and you know, I ended up winning. <laughs> Do you want to? <laughs> Great job. There's a video. <laughs> a video of what you like jiggling for people no uh there's a video when they announce the money at the end okay uh, well, what were the totals do you remember the totals so yeah i earned 679 dollars shit uh in the two breaks and my competition raised 24 <laughs> wait 24 dollars he's got his sugar daddy there and you raised oh my god there's a video where like i'm like the look on six, his face right 79 and he they say his number and i just like my face drops like Bitch. Oh my I god! I'm did on you stage laugh? In front of, I did. So I realized I'm on stage in front of everybody, and I quickly like. Ooh, but the video like catches that moment oh, where I catch myself like laughing, and then brilliant. the serious like, "Good job! Like you did great." <laughs> yes, you always must be polite. <laughs> but uh, my 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 competitor Maxima and I are, are good friends, and we Aww. joke about it all the time. So I know they wouldn't mind me saying like, "Bitch." Jesus Christ! Twenty four dollars. So they were having a little bit more fun. My ass was like, I need to earn this money, fucking win this thing. And they were like, I'm going to go blow a dick in the bathroom. Oh my God. So I was, they oh, were doing, did, they were, did they he were, really they were yeah, they were doing that while I was like fucking wow. selling myself in the bar. Oh my God. But you know what? So she was having, she was having a different fun. <laughs> my stressed ass out. I love uh, that yeah. so much. Um, but yeah, Cachondo was good. I will say because it was the first competition, I don't think a lot of people showed up to it. The, I, the class before did and some leather folk, um, but going to following competitions, I'm like, oh, the people that turn out for these things definitely didn't go to right. Gachono. Well, I think a lot of the issues around that can be cross-programming. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got, or just fucking event after event after event. I mean, there are weeks, there are weeks at a time where you might have a Friday night event, a, mm -hmm. a Saturday night, and maybe a Sunday something. Yeah, that was this week for me. Yeah. Was, I've been... It's so much. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, okay, so Go on. Yeah. let's pretend that you're a new leather gay bee. Mm -hmm. You know, honestly, go back in time to yourself. And let's say you're talking to the old you, and you see yourself out at a bar, maybe wearing the brown leather jacket with the mirror cap. And what are you going to say to this person to encourage them? Maybe you see them at the Eagle in yeah. LA, mm -hmm. and you're... You're walking around looking high and tight. You're amazing with everything chinging and changing and glittering. And what are you going to say to him? Yeah. Um, funny enough, I get asked this question a lot at Cachondo events uh, by people that see my title and they come up and they're like, what do I have to do? Like, what do I do to be, to be you? Um, and I always tell them like, well, first you came here tonight. Like uh -huh. you're here. Um, and I think 
I think that's what I would tell myself too. All those years ago is like, kid, you you came like you were usually I, like I said I'm not good in social situations mm-hmm. I don't like being without my emotional support white man <laughs> 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 um, and so you know being being in that situation I'm, I'm really proud of myself for doing that and I think that's what I would tell people is like be proud that you came out like maybe you don't have any leather on you're thinking of buying your first harness like be proud that you even just had that thought and yes maybe you came with your bulldog harness and it's upside down but I swear, every time I see it on backwards, oh. We had to tell somebody who posted a flyer one time, the guy on your flyer is, uh, he's wearing that wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you, it, 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 it does take nerve, right? Like, it does. It takes so much fucking nerve to walk around in a jock strap, no matter what your body is. And I say this, anyway, I say this as myself, but even these people that look like Brad Pitt, and mm-hmm. frankly, you're just like a tiny Brad Pitt. Let me just oh, say. I thanks. mean, seriously, Thank you. look at yourself. I used to get Orlando Bloom as a child. Oh, my God. <laughs> as a child? So, yeah. That's scary. It's like in middle school, high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, like, but I can see it. The Caribbean. Oh, yeah. Because he, he had dark hair in those yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But but I think it's just like the jock competition. It's You sort of like fake it until you yeah. make it. And you may never make it in the real world but as long as you make it in your head honestly mm-hmm. i think that's, that's part of yeah, it yeah that would be it is just like don't be ashamed of what you come out in just be proud that you came out absolutely yeah um, and now what about i mean we sort of hinted at this i know you did in your bio leather spaces that you may feel necessarily excluded from and i really hope that you at least now don't ever feel that way but maybe growing up or, or coming out you did but how would you encourage those spaces to include more people that are not typically there? You know, and you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. Um, I love an Onyx event. I love going to Onyx events. And that's, I think that's what brought me out first to the Eagle specifically when I finally showed up to like Eagle LA, right? It was Onyx Mm -hmm. events. When I think about Latinx and also my experience being Mr. Cachondo at the Eagle, being Mr. Cachondo at Claw, like people come and say hi to me and treat me differently because of the vest. So I know when I tell people when they're like, oh, I don't feel comfortable with the Eagle and, I, and they tell me like why and I go, well, people come and talk to me. I, I have to realize that when I say people come and talk to me. It's coming from a title holder. Perspective. They're talking to the vest or they're, they're talking, talking to the sash. Yes. And I know that. Also, because a lot of people won't learn my name. <laughs> I am Mr. Cachondo. Or they won't learn how to say Cachondo. It's just like, oh. What do they say? Well, everyone, Could, like, yeah. They how just, do you mispronounce? Uh, okay, I'm not amazing in yeah, Spanish, but how do you say you're, it? You're saying it the way everyone. The way people don't say speak Spanish say it, you're saying it that Cachondo? way, which is fine. That okay, is totally cool. Like it's Cachondo. It's got a long, uh, long O. Cachondo. Cachondo. Yeah. That's is it. that better? Yeah, better. I better. am a musician. Perfect. Cachondo. Okay, is that better? Because I don't want to sound like Oh, no. You're good. But also, when I won, Dino, my best friend, was carrying on my shit to the car and he was like you know david just won mr cachondo i will be mr cachondo for <laughs> this year because it was a play on the way everyone had been kind of saying it. i get it and since then he's like wow everyone really does say it that way and I'm like, i suppose yeah, if people called me mr reg i meant i would totally understand it but but it's not but it. it's not a big deal but i will say 
it's not a big deal. People call, like don't say it right to me because I understand. A, it's not a familiar word. Even people that speak Spanish will be like, "I've never heard this word before." Really? Yes. Okay. So, what does it mean Cat- in Spanish? Cachondo means slutty, horny, like fucks everything, won't stop. So, I am Mister Slutty that. Horny Leather Twenty Twenty Four. Can you? I'm gonna make you a shirt that says that, and then on the back it'll like yeah, but okay, on the back on the it back just says Cachondo. Okay, but it's gonna be like Slutty Horny Leather. Blah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that's what it means. And people, when I tell them, they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> okay. So just to segue, because I'm interested in this, we're going to take a little break. And then when we come back, I'd like you to talk about Encuadrados. Okay. Yeah. I can talk about the, the doc. Yeah. Happy to. So tell me about Encuadrados. So Encuadrados is a documentary about Latinx leather history, um, specifically in Los Angeles. Um, it follows. It started by following Leo Iriarte, um, and also the class of of leather folk the year Angel won. Was that 2021? I believe so. Yeah, it was right after pandemic, because I remember that was the first one I went to. The first Mr. LA Leather mm-hmm. that I went to. Um, and that year, there were quite a bit of Hispanic folk, or Latinx folks that ran and also placed in the top three positions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the director, uh, Orlando Bedoya, if you've ever been to like a Latinx event, see a short Latino man with a big camera, that's him. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, His camera is very large. It is. It's actually super fucking heavy. <laughs> I, he gives it to me and I'm like, babe, you, these arms, they don't work out. I can't carry this. My, my, I'm just shaking. He has the shakiest shots that I take. But he went to Claw and kind of met all those folks and also met, and he had already known Leo uh, and most of them, but he went to the Encuadrados party at Claw mm-hmm. and saw Latinos in leather and was like triggered with this idea of like, oh, there's, I've never seen anything that covers this group before, so I want to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, as he did that, what he discovered was uh, Leo is the first ever Mr. Los Angeles leather that was Latino. He's also a Mr. Regiment, FYI. Yes, and he won in 2011. So he was the first person to win Ellie Leather that was Latino. Which is really shocking, given our perspective now. Or, okay, maybe well, it's not. You... Tell me why. I mean, I mean for at? me to think yeah, no, about no, no, it, I, actually, maybe tell, I'm thinking tell me, the wrong tell me, direction. Tell me, tell me what your perspective is. Latino I think LA like. has so much Latino in it, but then I come to LA from fucking Ohio. Mm-hmm. So for me, this is... Like, I mean, I think Latinos are so hot. Um, but the thing is, like, I, I used to worry, should I live in Long Beach or should I live in Silver Lake? And because mm. I was actually, I'd made a spreadsheet when I moved to LA and it was bear <laughs> density was actually one of the categories. Bear There's density? Like, okay. Bear density. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, how close is, am I to work? That's one. Of course, how much is it to live there? That's two. And then bear density was literally number three on my spreadsheet. And it was between Silver Lake and Long Beach. Beach. There's a lot of bears in Long Beach. Yeah. And and I've been out there, you know, it was mostly when I first moved here, Mm -hmm. but I ended up picking Silver Lake because it was five minute walk from the Eagle. And that was a good choice. Yeah. Very good decision. No, it's Silver Lake's nice. But from, 
I, I don't want to say from an outside perspective, but from my perspective, when I moved here, I was like, there's so much Latino stuff here. Yeah. So, but then in, in the leather community, part of it is I knew Esteban when I first came, mm -hmm. you know, uh, he was one of the people I met when I started doing AIDS life cycle 10 years mm -hmm. ago. And he was actually the first guy I saw in a uniform, which is why I got interested in the regiment. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe it's a skewed perspective because I'm literally looking like through his lens, mm -hmm. But for me, I was like, he was always part of everything. And I guess maybe that was a mis misperception. I mean, yeah, Esteban has been a part of everything. Esteban's a big personality in Latino leather. He's one of the co-founders of the Payasos group with mm -hmm. Leo. You, uh, when did you move out to LA? Uh, 2013. 2013. Okay. So you have a very unique experience, I would say, of Silver Lake. Because at one point, Silver Lake is where East met West. Right, West LA tends to be wider, more affluent communities. Uh -huh. East LA is East LA. Sure. Um, Silver Lake has now since been gentrified and is more artsy, more bohemian, more that crowd. So Silver Lake also tries to gauge itself as that, but isn't necessarily that anymore. People are getting priced out of those areas. Uh -huh. Latinos specifically are being priced out of where East met West, mm -hmm. um, and are now just oh, because East. West is sort of steamrolling East. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Ah. Yes. So, and, that, and you see that in the culture of Silver Lake, right? When you are in Silver Lake in the, on, what is it? Sunset right mm -hmm. there. That street looks like it's straight out of fucking like Culver City. Oh yeah. yeah All the straight white people. Yeah. It's starting to look like that. Um, so it's, in the strollers. It's, so I would say you kind of came in, in, in a bridging gap of that. So you would have seen it in its last good moments before it lost a lot of the Eastern culture of it. And now has kind of taken that, that, that more art district like right. mold to it. When it comes to Latinos in leather, a lot of folks still feel left out. When you go to Cachondo, if I'm not there in leather, you're lucky to find maybe five more people. Really? Yeah. And I, and I can name them. And Dino and I were at another event. I won't say the name of it. <laughs> we were at an event and I looked around and I said, interesting, there's not a lot of people of color at this event. And he was, I said, I think I can count them on one hand or on two mm -hmm. hands. And he said, but I could name them. And that is something, right? That means we're seeing the same people of color at these events. And when I look at the people of color that go to the that go to these events, I will I will speak from the Latino perspective. The Latinos that come to these events tend to be title holders, tend to be people that are very close to title holders, so have kind of been pulled into that gravity, right? So what then happens to the people that want to be a part of that circle, but the circle isn't ready to let them in? Right. When I when you asked me before the break, like what do these spaces have to do? When I look at the people that go to Latinx leather events and the type of music, the type of like environment that is created, it's not what happens at the Eagle. It's not really what happens at the Bullet. But Verso is, is helping with that. But then there are other events that are like, you know, we're going to try to bring Latinos in, but they, they do it in a way that molds themselves to what it already exists. So when I go to Cachondo, it feels like I'm at a, at a, at in my culture, I feel like I'm listening to music that I listened to when I was growing up. I can dance. It's not just like very divey. It is cruisy. It still has all those experiences, but it's that, how do I make this very welcoming for you? And that's by reminding you that this is your space mm -hmm. for, even if it's just for a night, right? Like what existed prior to tonight now is strictly for you. Uh -huh. So that's what Orlando found at the Encuadrados party at Claw. And then as he started going through the film, that's when he discovered Leo was the first. But on top of that, that Leo experienced an incredible amount of, you don't, we're going to take this title from you. You actually should go, you know, kill yourself or go die. Like you don't belong here where people were 
questioning his legitimacy to being Mr. Los Angeles Leather, strictly uh, because of his Mexicanness. That's insane to me. Yeah. So they were essentially saying, like, you're not a citizen. You don't have a California ID. You can't win. They were, according to what I heard, they took the title from him for like a couple of days. And then when they went over the contract, they were like, there's nothing in here that says you have to be a citizen or even hold the California ID. It just says you have to either have a title, be like a title from LA and then run for Mr. Los Angeles. So it was presented back and it never actually was taken, taken. I literally just had my mouth open for like the last 10 seconds. I left that silence in there because this is like God yeah. smacks me. Yeah. This is so insane. When we look at that history of LA and that was in 2011. Jesus so Christ. That's not very far behind. You know, what does that do to the people that were around Leo? The people that experienced that with him? The people that were like, oh, Leo did this. I want to do that. And then watch that happen and go. Absolutely. They're like, fuck no. Yeah. Like, wow. God, no. And that is the sentiment that I hear from other Latinos. Like they, they acknowledge that I did it, but they will also say like, I could never do that because, and it's also not just, they can't get up on stage. They're terrified of what yeah, might happen afterwards. Yeah. They're terrified of what's going to happen afterwards. They're terrified of the way people are going to look at them. I am white in my skin tone. I'm not as brown as I could be. I, I mean, I've been told they wouldn't necessarily know I'm Mexican until I start to speak. Cause I, you know, there's something there, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can't really say anything because, like, I apparently sound like a valley girl. So. No, you're good. Um, you know, uh, it happens. And then, you know, when I speak Spanish, obviously people acknowledge sure. that. But working in HIV prevention, working with new arrivals that come here, they'll ask me, like, where do I go to just meet people like me? And, you know, I'll tell them about the events that I go to. Mm -hmm. um, and when I mention that, you know, and they'll be like, they'll acknowledge that I'm a leather man. They'll be like, ooh, like, what do you mean? Like, how do you do that? Like, what do you like that's not culturally us. is it something that they're unfamiliar with absolutely not oh so because they're like oh yeah readily fucking available in mexico absolutely thanks to our national sport being la charreria which is where you it's it's mexican rodeo it's oh, how yeah. it's translated yeah but, i mean seriously like jay and i were talking about rodeo and wrote jay was a rodeo mm -hmm. person and i'm like fuck yeah i'm like yeah. you need to bring some of that into your looks and jay's like oh yeah it's coming <laughs> yeah. and i'm like but i it's it's so hot, like the cowboy thing. Mm -hmm. I, I is gaucho the right word for that? Gaucho is Argentin, Argentino. Oh, that's an like, Argentinian, that's the Argentinian thing? word okay. for cowboy. Gaucho. Uh, we call them vaqueros, okay. charros. But it's uh, so hot. I mean, it's so fucking hot. And you know, honestly, a lot of the history of the Western U.S. I mean, if you don't acknowledge that, well, then okay, it doesn't have to be Brokeback Mountain, everybody. But no, yeah. it should be part of the culture. And yeah. So. It is so hot. Uh, and even when you look at cowboy culture specifically, it was what we know as cowboy culture. The looks that we see in American Western wear and things like that are all born from black and brown folks that were in the West. Absolutely. Um, the, we were the folks that were out here. A lot of the reason it was called the Wild Wild West was because of like racial ideologies that like, oh, only the black and brown boys go out there. Why would you want to go out? It's like lawless. Oh. It's, you know, they live off the land. Like you want to do that? But the reality was like, it was ranching yeah um you know and you learn that from indigenous cultures black cultures brown cultures for survival in these areas because they were leaving areas that you know were leaving the city <laughs> for them yeah this is my soapbox whenever somebody asks me about latinx i love when people get on their soapbox because the thing is if you don't spend the time up there then the things you have to say go yeah. unsaid yeah and i will say a lot of folks tend to shy away when i start talking about it in leather spaces because I, I get asked it all the time like uh i i have met 
quite a few white saviors <laughs> in my time as a title holder where they will come to me and be like, oh my God, like, what is your title? Tell me all about it. And I go, mm-hmm. oh, I represent Latinos in leather. It's the by Latinx, for Latinx mm-hmm. title. And they'll go, oh, you know what? I'm so big on bringing more Latinos into the scene. Tell me, how uh-huh. can I do that? And it's like, are you coming to Cachondo? Oh, sure. it's so far away. Like, why would I go there? And it's yeah. like your your idea of what Latinx representation looks like is when it comes to you. Right. Um, you're not willing to go to where Latinx representation is already building itself. Right. And there have been people who have talked to my friends and specifically said, like, you should consider running because, like, you would be good Latinx representation and, like, you could run against him. And it's just like, if wow. your idea is that you're wanting them specifically for Latinx representation, but then not acknowledging that I am a form of latinx representation it's it's a weird rock and a hard place for my friends to be like no because we know that that's what he is like my i would go and represent a different thing but also my latinx my latinxness my latinidad um so yeah my and my friends and i will have conversations about that like this person said this but like they don't ever come to x y and z uh, they don't know your name. They don't know my name. Like they came to me and saw I was brown <laughs> and that I'm around you and in leather and have decided to tell me to run. Wow. So like we, we experience that quite a bit. Well, I think the spaces, I think, and I speak for myself, I'm not speaking for anybody else. I think the spaces need to be made by people for themselves mm-hmm. and for their friends and for the people that they feel don't have a space. Yeah. And then when they aren't, able to get a space that's when they should put the pressure on the spaces that exist to let them in or yeah. to encourage them to show up yeah and i think honestly that's the only way that that things will change is it has to be from pressure from mm-hmm. the people that feel like they are not invited yeah and yeah. i mean i can't i mean i'm invited just i am invited a lot of places mm-hmm. even though i may not show up and I, so i can't speak for someone who isn't yeah, me uh, and i wouldn't presume to speak for other people yeah i, I will also say I've, I've been fortunate to be invited to spaces but there are a lot of spaces that i just won't go to because they have a history with our community yeah uh, people there ho- people who host have a history with our community and i just like i get it as a title holder i've been granted this entryway but i would never kind of like oh because i'm a title holder like and tell people like oh you guys know like i'm a title holder like i have to kind of you know turn my back on this ideology that i may have had or yeah um and and you know i went to an event recently i don't know if you heard the conversation we had yesterday during the photo shoot i was talking uh, to some folks about what i had heard uh what was kind of said oh is this tea yeah okay what tea, was said tea time. to a group of us i was at an event for people of color and leather and it was kind of like how to build community how to start organizations that bring us in how to you know just make people feel welcome but it was led by people of color kind of intended for people of color and somebody mentioned uh, that they remembered, you know, how it all kind of started out here in L.A. And they said, you know, on Tuesday nights was pool night at this bar. And, you know, that's the night. I'm, I'm quoting this person here. So uh, those listener, I, this, these are not my words. He was like, you know, and pool night was for the blacks. That's where they would go. And, you know, we would leave and we would go to catch. And at catch, you would go and, you know, they had this night and so on. And they wouldn't judge you there for being white. And then they were like, and I remember after that, somewhere around, ah, I don't know, a little bit later, that's when the Latinos came and took over. And now, and he was talking to black folks and said, well, now I guess it's your turn. And everyone just kind of went. When was this? Oh, okay. It's been, I think, maybe in the last month and a half. Oh, my God. But everyone just kind of went, oh. So, 
And that person is very prominent in leather culture, in white leather culture. So when they say things like that, me being a brown person in this space, I often think like, oh, and apparently that person hasn't spoken to about these types of comments quite a bit. So it's just like, what do we do then? Like, if if we're not getting through by sitting them down and having these conversations like, hey, what you said was off like maybe don't actually bring up brown and black folks you don't have to right like you could just be like oh i've appreciated your growth like there's another way of telling that story yeah like i've seen growth in the community and i've been very appreciative of it instead of being like the latinos came and took over when you say when the words we use matter when when i say you came and took over words have a lot of power it's like did i am i am i encroaching am i not supposed to be in this space right am i taking over because i'm not trying to take over i'm trying to just and one has to wonder, like, is that their intention? And I, I seriously doubt it. But still, it it has to be something where yeah. people have to figure out, like, things were one way, things are another way, and things will be yet another yeah. way. And, like, how do we all get there together? So, so yeah, I, I think about the comment you said, right? Like, you see a lot of Latinos, and I do see a lot of Latinos. But then I wonder how other people see these Latinos in this space. Do they see it as, oh, they right. came and took over one day. Like, oh, there's a lot more Latinos here than there used to be. Right. Like, and, what and, does that mean? And I think my perspective is, like, I come from Youngstown, Ohio, where I yeah. might have seen very few Latinos mm-hmm. on a daily basis. And I come to LA, and I'm like hi yeah but but that's a totally different perspective than you who yeah, live here yeah or were born here rather yeah and and yeah obviously i see a lot of latinos like we go and maybe we're not in leather when we go but like the idea is like how the, it's it's interesting to be in this space and wonder how how are other people seeing me right yeah so that's that's where it is well okay so <laughs> Let's change notes a little bit and let's go to um, this segment. It's called Daddy Issue. Daddy. Oh boy. Now, this I, has I remember nothing Jay, to do. I, when, I, when I heard it, I listened to a couple of them, but when I heard it, I was like, oh my God, is he going to ask me about my father? No, I'm not going to ask you about your father. This has nothing to do with your dad. But Daddy Issues, however, is it's all about, you know, men and older men. Now, mm-hmm. my question is do people treat you like a daddy? Or do you consider yourself a daddy? Uh, I flag Hunter Green on the left side. <laughs> oh, that's whore, right? Isn't that it's whore? It's always whore. Yes. Like, anytime you flag, it's whore. <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer. I love um, that answer. But interesting, when I went to that first uh, leather event, they asked me like, oh, what, do you know Hanky Codes? And I was like, I'm familiar with some. And they're like, uh-huh. well, what do you flag? And I was like, Hunter Green on the left. And they're like, a daddy. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, you're awfully young. I would have been. Oh my God, how old would I have been? But you had the mustache, right? No. Oh. I just had like a really light beard okay. at the Because with the mustache, no matter what age you are, that screams well, daddy. Well, I think I think what got the bluff guys on my side and they were like, because they asked me like, would you ever do this after I did this answer? They were like, well, daddy's a state of mind. Like it's a, pers- <laughs> it's a personality. Like yeah, totally. I, a daddy isn't just age. It's like how you treat people, how people like respect you and how you give respect back. So I like that. Yeah, I do. I do. I do get called daddy. I'm daddy David in some people's phones. I'm Dom David in people's phones. Oh, um, it's wow. just how they, we have a lot of Davids in Latino culture. There's a lot of Davids everywhere. Biblic- My friend likes to say it's biblical. Well, that is true. <laughs> so they have to differentiate me. And I'm there may be like about. I don't know, several hundred men in my my <laughs> my contacts where their last name is Scruff. Yeah, I have a lot of grinders. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, um, but yeah, no, I'm, I like I like daddy. I'm not a big fan of sir. Sir is a little bit more transactional. I yeah, think, a lot. I'm not. I'm not so into that. Um, I f- 
I recently started running more in Latinx uh, HIV sex positivity work, mm-hmm. and they will call each other like ba or papa, papi, and I've really started to grow on that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love it when guys call me papi. I'm like, yeah. mm-hmm. Before I wasn't too big on it, but now I'm like, oh, okay, I like it. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, uh, I have said this to some of my older gentleman friends. I'm old enough to be a daddy to the boys and young enough to be a boy to the daddies. Mm. So it just honestly depends on what's going on as yeah. to, you know. Hmm. Yeah. My partner is a little bit older than me and he likes to be like, I'm the daddy. And I'm like, well, you do realize that's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, well, yeah. And he's like, and then he'll bring up like money and stuff. I'm like, babe, no, 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 no. <laughs> let's, let's stop right there. And he, he just uses the joke now and he'd be like, I'm the daddy. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Okay, here's another one of my favorite questions, and you're probably prepared for this one, too. Um, You do your homework. All right, so (laughs) tell me about the most unusual or terrible hookup you've ever had. Oh, man, I've told this story. uh, Oh, I'm supposed to plug my podcast. Sorry, Dino. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I told this story on Cafecito con Leche, so I'm going to tell it here, and then this will transition people to go listen to my podcast. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. We'll we'll pick Um, that up at the end for sure. But one time, uh, I got invited over by a guy to his house, and... And he told me like, hey, I'm gonna have to sneak you in. I live with my parents. He was a little bit older than me. I think I was at the time like 25 and he was 31, 32. And I was like, hey, no worries. I've been snuck into people's houses before. Not a big deal. Uh, so we get into the house. It's all dark. It looks like my grandmother's home. I was like, oh, definitely Latino. Love this. Uh-huh. So we go to his bedroom and it's pitch black in his bedroom. There's a window across from me and I can see the window. It's dark, but I have like spatial awareness. Like I know like, oh, like maybe there's like, a dresser to my left and there's Uh a bed in front of me but pitch pitch black i saw the guy go in and he kind of made a right and then i go in he like disappeared he kind of disappears into the dark right and then i got that feeling where i was like okay i know where he is but why do i feel that there's somebody else (gasps) oh my god (laughs) like over there and sure enough across like the window i see the silhouette of a man walk by on the outside no 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 on the inside of the room and i was like I'm, I start like panicking and kind of oh touching the wall behind me for the light switch. Did, were you getting the feeling in your stomach like danger? I was just like, why is there somebody else? Like, oh what the fuck God. is going on here? So I turn on the light and sure enough, the guy that brought me is here and there's another gentleman across the room. <laughs> were and they I, both naked? Or no, something? no, we're all clothed. Like you could tell, I don't know what the plan was, but the guy was like, hey, hey, like, it's okay. Like, are you cool with somebody else being here? And I was like, well, now I'm not. Now I'm not okay with somebody else being here. <laughs> I would have been had you oh led with God. this because I'm I'm always down for group. Yeah, oh, good always to know. Down for somebody Very else. Nice. But I just wasn't ready for you know fucking what would look like a Jason Voorhees That's scene, so right? Creepy. Of just like the killers in the house. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was probably the strangest. So how did you get out of that? Were you I like just, I'm, I just I'm told out. I just told him like I'm not I'm, I'm not interested. Bitch. I told him I was like if you would have told me before I would be into it, but now I can't necessarily trust the situation. I gotta bounce. This conversation's oh, all being had in Spanish as well, so it's very different vibe. Um, wow. What well, is it? Well, I mean, you can like be pissed off in any language. Yeah, right? yeah. My language is good. It's not great. <laughs> oh, do you mean you mean it's, like there might have been a potential I, yeah, misunderstanding? Like, it may have. I may have been using improper words to make the situation like, sound off. like yeah like i would have been i could have probably chosen my words better but the <laughs> words that i knew were not good words oh wow <laughs> uh but yeah i mean i mean that's creepy like he could have been like okay we're gonna rob you or like that was other, the other, yeah, was words, the other thing it was know? like what if what if we never turn on the lights and what if that guy never joined seriously like, what, what if what, what if he would have happened what if he hadn't moved in front of that window yeah 
I mean, seriously. I mean, I, I, it was just like when you know your pets in the room with you, right? Like you didn't hear them walk in, but you know your pets. Oh, you could smell you. them. You could feel them. Yeah. It's like the hairs like, on the back of your neck. Yeah. Like you, you know just, you're being watched. You're just like, there's something here. Oh yeah. So that's what it was. Like when I walked into that room, I was like, one, two, three. Why, why are there three energies? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, so. I'm glad that, you know, you figured it out. I, I'll just say that in my past, if I have felt the tingles in the base of my stomach, it's your body yeah. literally telling you from from like prehistoric times, Neolithic man, there's a reason we're still alive, yeah. you know, as as a species. And it's because Neolithic man walked in on a trick once and that trick had like a, a stone hammer in his hand and the Neolithic man was like, I don't think so. And he turned around <laughs> and he, he went back to his cave. Yeah. And that's a good, that's a good yeah, thing yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I get just like the weird sense in my stomach because maybe I had two hot dogs off the street instead of one. Oh, that's a different sense? <laughs> it's a different sense. Ew. Are they too greasy or what? <laughs> no, sometimes I just push my limit. Oh, I see. <laughs> I'm a tiny man. <laughs> see, now I want a hot dog real bad. And on that note, head. where can we find you on the socials, including your oh, podcast? Oh, yeah. So my social is The Gay Gatsby. That is my Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. If you find me on Twitter or Facebook, not so active. Um, my no name, X? I do have an X. Uh-huh. Uh, I have two Xs. Oh, you have a double X? <laughs> I have a double X. Okay. So my first X is the one that I use for my personal podcast that I don't actually record on anymore. But it's still about film and like writing and all that good mm-hmm. stuff. I am author annotated. My podcast is called The Annotated Author. It's about all the stuff I've read or watched that has influenced me as an artistic person. Um, and then my X, you can message me privately. <laughs> about oh, that okay. One. <laughs> yeah. So reach out. Remember, it's at the Gay Gatsby, Honestly, and there's a yeah. whole bunch of Gay Gatsby's. So make sure you see a cute little uh, cartoonish oh, picture. I I am one word, the Gay Gatsby. I fought for that. I earned it. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's where you can find me. And then Cafecito con Leche is our Spotify. It's on all streaming platforms. So if you just Cafecito Cafecito con Leche, you'll find it. Fantastic. Yep. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was fun. <laughs> Leather 101 is hosted and produced by Doug Milliken. Special thanks to David Mosqueda and Bullet Bar. You can follow us on Instagram at leather101pod and my Mr. Regiment Instagram at pipedaddy73. Thank you for listening. And as always, don't dream it, be it.